Hello, everyone again, and welcome to Reach Council's podcast. Today, we have our very own youth prevention specialist, Ashley Paramore. We also have a special guest on with us today, Alan Rogers with Celebrate Recovery. Today, they will be discussing tips on staying safe and sober during holidays with St. Patrick's Day approaching and spring break as well. So let's go ahead and dive in. Hi, Ashley. Thank you, Crystal. Before we get started with our conversation, we're going to, um, I'm going to give Alan just a minute to talk about the Celebrate Recovery Program and his role there. Hey, Ashley, it's good to be here with you. Let me just kind of break down Celebrate Recovery. We've been doing Celebrate Recovery at the Avenue for about the last nine years. We meet on Monday nights from seven o'clock to nine o'clock. Literally Monday nights, our recovery programs for all ages, uh, we, we service literally from birth all the way through senior adults. Uh, there's a program for every, everyone. On the adult side, we, we typically, you know, we reach people uh, 18 years and above. And uh, we start out with a large group meeting, which is co-ed. And we start out with worship uh, music. And then we'll either have a lesson or a testimony from one of our folks that uh, is having success in their recovery. And then after the uh, 7 o'clock hour, 8 o'clock, we break into gender-specific open share groups. Uh, and what we try to do is in those open share groups, keep those as issue-specific as possible because Celebrate Recovery is not just about uh, chemical addiction, alcohol or, or uh, chemical addictions, but literally it's any of life's hurt habits or hangups that we may struggle with. And so, uh, in fact, uh, only about 30% of those that we deal with um, have alcohol or, or drug addictions. Now, I will say this, our, our program at Waxhatchee, we run about 250 adults and then about 100 children and about 35 students. We're probably the third largest in the U.S. Wow. And, um, but the uh, open share groups, we try to keep them issue specific and just gives us an opportunity to share what's on our heart and um, bring out and, and get support from one another. But what's incredible is the lessons that I teach the adults on the 12 steps. Basically, Celebrate Recovery, uh, we do the same 12 steps as AA and NA and GA mm-hmm. and all the other anonymous groups. Ours is just faith-based, but we do the same steps. But I'll do a lesson each week or every other week on one of the steps. But what is so cool about our program is the children, uh, grades one through five, and then students grades uh, seven through 12, they're learning the same lessons. So essentially a family can go home and they can have communication, they can have dialogue about what they've, uh, what they've learned for that night. Uh, like for instance, Monday night, I'm teaching a lesson on sanity because Einstein says the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Right. And so we'll be teaching on their level the same lesson to children and then also to the students in junior high and high school as well as the adults. And so there's a great conversation piece that can happen. And, and essentially what we're trying to do it celebrate recovery is is meet the needs of those that are in addiction and and mm-hmm. have issues, but also as best as we can to eradicate 
generations of addiction. So we're working with children and students. Uh, it's a wonderful program. Uh, in Waxahachie, we meet on Monday nights at seven o'clock. Now we just launched in the middle of pandemic, we launched one in Ennis. And so we have another campus. The Avenue has another campus in Ennis. And uh, we meet on Thursday nights at that campus. In fact, it's going to be tonight. And uh, we'll meet at 630. Now, the only difference between Ennis, it's a baby. We just started it. It's a smaller group. Uh, and there's nothing for students at this point. It's grade 7 through 12. There still is something for children. So we encourage families to come. Listen, uh, I don't want to call it child care because it's so much more than child care because we're teaching kids curriculum. But it's, they don't have to worry about somebody keeping their kids or whatever. We've got it there. And, and we, we have incredible security. You check your kids in. You're the only one that can check your kids in or out. And so it's a very safe place for them. So, man, we just, I, I love Celebrate Recovery. It's my family. And um, it's just where we come in and, and be ourselves, be transparent about our hurts and our hangups that we're dealing with and get support. Yeah. And I think that's so great that you kind of treat or deal with the whole family you know it's not just one person's issue everybody kind of has to understand addiction doesn't just affect the one that's doing it right it affects the whole family dynamic and so there's support for all of them with the students do you have groups for students that have substance issues or is it more just a family support no uh, good question you know uh, you know, they, they, they do worship, they have lessons, and then they break out into their open share groups as well. Their open share groups are not issue specific. They're grade, like there's a junior high girls, high school girls, junior high boys, and high school uh, boys. However, it is for those that may find themselves already acting out and already find themselves in addictive behavior, but it's also treating those that may come from dysfunctional families. So we have both. We have those students that are coming that are already in some destructive habits, but it's also those that are coming from some pretty pretty tough family situations. So it's both. Everybody. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's great. That's great. Um, and that's exactly why I wanted to bring you on today because you have such experience in the recovery world and especially with the pandemic going on and holidays and celebrations in the midst of all that, you know, whether it's, you know, St. Patrick's Day or 4th of July or just, you know, weddings or birthdays and things like that that people are celebrating. Um, I want to know how people can plan to celebrate in a healthy way, right? Um, so to kick off the topic, let's start by addressing what are some examples of challenging events that the recovering community faces? You know, Ashley, those happen literally all year long and, and they can take on a different face. I mean, obviously, like right now, mm-hmm. uh, we're in spring break. And for a lot of uh, those that we deal with, spring break can be difficult because they're traveling, they're going places in alcohol and drugs or whatever the situation may be can be rampant. And so uh, spring break and and then you got New Year's, you've got Christmas where we're celebrating and a lot of times there's alcohol around. Uh, Then we're going to head into uh, St. Patrick's Day and then you got Memorial Day where everybody's doing their cookouts and then you got Fourth of July. so literally, it's year round. And then we're also dealing with not just like national holidays, but there are events such as weddings. Mm-hmm. 
I do weddings. I'm a pastor. I'm a recovery pastor, but I do weddings as well. And it amazes me. I would say 98% of the weddings that I do have alcohol served. Mm -hmm. And so literally the person who's dealing with addiction or particularly uh, alcoholism, Mm -hmm. it's all in their business. It's all in their face. And so it's all around us. And so here's the thing. If you fail to plan, you can plan to fail. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a plan on how am I through these events and the things that I'm going to, how am I going to stay clean and sober? And it's possible. Yeah. Making a plan is super important. So what are some of the first steps people can take to set themselves up for success while trying to stay sober? Well, again, you know, they, they, there's got to be a plan and there's got to be a strategy. They have to know that there are triggers that, that they may meet up with. Here's the thing they can't do. They can't do it alone. And so as they're going into these events and, and these particular celebrations, um, you know, relapse doesn't just happen. I mean, it's not something you trip over and you fall into. Uh, a relapse uh, is a process. And so what it typically does, it starts with a thought. So if you're going to an event, a celebration, usually there's going to be a craving or you see it, there's going to be a craving, you're going to want a drink or whatever. And so you have that thought, man, I'd I sure like to have a drink. And so with that thought, here's the thing that I would encourage everybody that's listening, whether you're going to an event, a celebration, is you're going to, when you have that thought, you need to have somebody you can reach out to. Somebody that you can tap. The accountability. In recovery world, accountability is absolutely one of the most essential elements in recovery, is having that person that knows your struggle. And by the way, denial is one of the killers of, of recoveries because everybody I deal with, I don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. They have a problem. I, don't, I can stop anywhere, anytime I want to. But we need somebody that knows our struggle so that when we have that thought to reach for a drink, if they're serving beverages, somebody that we can reach out to, either be a, a, vo- a phone call or just tapping them on the, sh- on the shoulder and saying, I'm struggling right now, mm-hmm. and they can intervene. But when we have that thought, that's when we reach out for help. Because what happens then is after we have that thought, the next step in that process is a plan, is we plan it. How am I going to get that drink? Mm-hmm. Am I going to go to the store? Am I going to stop by 7-Eleven? Am I going to stop by a, a quick stop grocery store or what? Or am I going to go by a club on the way home? Or if we're at a, an event, am I going to go to the re- refreshment table and pick up a drink? So then we're making that plan. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, Ashley, if, if in this process, if we get to making a plan, it's probably going to happen. And so after we have the thought, we make a plan, and then we have the relapse. That's why so I it's that, like intervention. So yes, to have that intervention, that person that we reach out to when we have the thought. Mm-hmm. And that is so critical. And that's with, you know, in any event that we go to, whether it's uh, a picnic or something, uh, a holiday that we're at, I would even tell you that if you know you're going to an event or a party, that's going to have alcohol, take somebody with you that is sober, mm-hmm. that knows your struggle, and that you can 
tap on the shoulder and say, hey, look, you tell me no. You drag me away from it and don't let me drink. Or you have an exit strategy mm-hmm. and, and you leave. You have them say, hey, let's go. Or what I've seen people do is they take their own beverage with them. It may be a bottle of water. Mm-hmm. It may be a Coke Zero or Diet Dr. Pepper or whatever, but they have their own beverage there. So if someone offers them a drink, they say, no, I've got my own. Yeah, that's a great idea. So it's just got to be, there's got to be a plan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what about if you are the one that is in charge of planning the event? How can you plan for success? Okay. Well, Obviously, if you're struggling and you're trying to stay sober, people, places, and events are, are critical. So if, if, if I'm telling somebody, if you're planning an event and you're struggling with sobriety and, and alcoholism, just don't do it. You know, my dad just said, you know, if you have questions, don't do it. It's a good rule to follow. But if you're planning an event, think about the people that you're inviting. You know, if, if, for instance, I'll give you a, an illustration that I was involved in. I did a wedding for a person who is a recovering alcoholic. Her world is filled with other alcoholics or recovering alcoholics. Right. Now, I, listen, I felt right at home. It was awesome. Those are, those are my people, and I love them. Mm-hmm. So the majority of the people that were at this wedding were recovering alcoholics. Mm-hmm. So she comes to me and said, you know, should I serve alcohol at my wedding. And I said, out of respect, I don't think I would. So I think in planning an event, I would take in consideration of those that are going to be participating in it. Those are going to be in attendance. If they struggle with alcoholism or with some kind of drug addiction, I would be very respectful. And I would uh, consider that maybe uh, something I wouldn't do, perhaps. Mm. Or if I did, again, I would implement the plan of having my own beverage and offering other people uh, an optional beverage that will protect them. But I think, you know, we just want to be considerate of those around us. Absolutely. And also going back to that accountability factor, if the people you're inviting to the party do want to drink and party and may tempt somebody into it versus, you know, family members or people that know your struggle and would be respectful of you as the host and help you maintain that sobriety as well. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things I'll, I'll just kind of insert here, Ashley is the studies show that that cravings triggers for for relapse typically last anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes. Mm. And if we can distract ourselves for 15 to 30 minutes, we have a good chance of success in overcoming the craving or the relapse. And and so for instance, you know, if you're at a party, if you're at an event, if you go to St. Patrick's Day party, mm-hmm. listen, get somebody to just take a walk. Take a walk for 15 minutes. Right. Go uh, play a game. Go play a game for 15 minutes. Go listen to music for 15 minutes or 30 minutes. And the chances are that when those 15 to 30 minutes pass, the craving will also be gone. That's a really good, really good tip. Um, so we kind of covered, you know, if it's not an event, just an occasion like weddings and things like that and planning sober activities that you can do, you know, whether you go... You know, take a picnic somewhere, you go to miniature golf, things like that, um, that 
are fun, but you can stay sober. Absolutely. Um, starting a family tradition and showing kids that you can have fun sober, you know, bringing that family aspect into Absolutely. it, that you can you can have spring break, you can have St. Patrick's Day, you can have all the fun things, but you don't have to drink to have fun. Drink to have fun. Or other things. Absolutely. Um, Enjoy it. Have fun. Absolutely. Man, my kids and, and my, my grandkids, oh my gosh, we have fun. There's no alcohol involved. Mm-hmm. You know, we just, man, we laugh and we have fun and just enjoy sobriety. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we minimize that sometimes, the fun we can have without it. Absolutely. You know, and it may be that if somebody can go to a party without drinking, it may be a party for the first time that they remember. Yeah, you remember all the fun memories. Yes, you, you do remember, and you do have those memories. Otherwise, you, you just don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you may think you have fun in the, the middle of it, but afterwards, I want to remember the good times. Absolutely. I mean, there are so many of them. Absolutely. Um, and like with St. Patrick's Day, for example, coming up, um, you could start a family tradition. You could cook an Irish meal. You could play some Irish music. You could do some Irish crafts, learn an Irish dance. You know, there's so many Absolutely. fun things that you could do. Find an now, I'm an ex-runner. I used to be a competitive runner, and I know it's St. Patrick's Day. There's always uh, 5K runs, mm-hmm. 5K walks, half marathons. Do that. Celebrate again. Do something healthy. Do something for healthy for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. And then go crash on carbs <laughs> <laughs> definitely um something interesting i found too while i was looking into this topic was the idea of like sober vacations and sober yeah. you know spring break things because spring break is a good time for vacations and people want to go to the beach or do things like that um have you ever heard of there are actual companies that specialize in these 12-step retreats or yes. sober vacations absolutely it just sounds fascinating and they have some pretty cool the african safaris trips to turks and caicos and all these fun places absolutely i think one of them is svi sober vacations international and i think Mm -hmm. uh, there's another one travel sober and actually you know they they can make the plans for you and arrange and you there's not the in your face temptations uh to relapse mm-hmm. like everyone there kind of has oh the same gosh. goal and yes. going back to that accountability Absolutely. right <laughs> and, and you know as well as I do listen I've been on vacations and if you go to um, the Caribbean or, or, or to a beach they're all inclusive places that you go to that, that alcohol is served like water mm-hmm. and uh, you know if if there's free alcohol the temptation is going to be there. That island rum. Yes. All those kind and of it's things. Just, it's just, it's, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you just choose healthy uh, alternatives and, and options. They're out there. In, in fact, there's 12, uh, 12 steps uh, retreats that you can go to, uh, marriage retreats that you can go to. So there's so many different options mm-hmm. uh, that are healthy. But again, we get back to they're fun. Yeah. It's just we can, you know, enjoy those without having to wonder. Uh, having those blackout moments of mm-hmm. not remembering you can thing. remember your trips to Turks and Caicos absolutely absolutely <laughs> um, so do you have any topics or any comments anything we haven't covered that you kind of want you've done a great job of giving our listeners some tips and tricks on staying sober and making healthy decisions no actually I, I just think that the key in sobriety is most of the time there's a word called pride that's huge Mm. that stands in the way is we don't want to admit our weakness we don't want to 
admit our struggle. And so we hide it. But if we can call it out and say, I do struggle with alcohol, I do struggle with drug addiction or prescription drugs or whatever, and we call it out, Mm -hmm. then, you know, we stand a better chance of staying sober and staying clean. So the thing is, you know, and, and that's the beauty of what I do is we don't condemn people for where they are. We love people right where they are mm-hmm. in the midst of their struggle, in the midst. In fact, I've got a pretty good bruise here from a guy that, uh, you know, was was drunk. and But we love those people. Mm-hmm. But we love them too much to let them stay in that state. And so what we want to do is help them to uh, to live a life of sobriety. And um, But we can't do that. In fact, our very first lesson mm-hmm. in recovery that we teach at Celebrate Recovery is a lesson on denial. And as long as we are in denial, we'll never step into recovery. Mm-hmm. So we just have to step out of denial, be real and transparent with others, have that person that we can be real with. Absolutely. And it goes back to so many of us, whether it's you know addiction or other things, we think we're alone in these Absolutely. struggles. Um, and once you get to that point, like you said, where you admit it and you kind of it's free. Admit it. It's freeing, it's but free. also you find a community you probably didn't even know was out there of, in that accountability aspect. You know, tons of people, I'm sure, who have been where you are, who are going through the same thing, and that can help you and support you through your journey instead of being alone. Absolutely. And Yeah. And that's what drives us deeper into some of our dysfunction is we do think we're the only ones that struggle with it. Nobody's like me. Nobody knows how I feel. Mm -hmm. And so that drives us into isolation. And isolation drives us deep into despair, anxiety, and depression, which causes us to reach out to coping mechanisms. And so once we have people in a support system, it makes it so much easier to stay clean. Now, the only person that can help us in recovery is ourself, mm-hmm. and we've got to want to fight for it. Yep. So I'm going to encourage those that hear this, fight for it. Don't give in. Fight for it. Fight for your life, and you can do it. That's an awesome way to wrap it up. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, I'm going to hand it back over to Crystal, who's going to talk to us about here at Reach Council. We have a youth recovery program and uh, so she's going to talk to us about that and we'll wrap up so i do want to mention other means of local support we offer here at reach our youth recovery communities program offers peer support and pairs youth ages 13 to 21 with the recovery specialist or a coach they serve both Ellis and Johnson County. And our peer coaches and specialists, they provide our youth with knowledge, experiences, emotional and practical support to help them. We actually discussed it on um, last month's podcast. So if you want to hear more information on our youth recoveries program, check out that. Well, that concludes this month's podcast on tips of staying safe and sober during these upcoming holidays and spring break. Thank you again for tuning in. And until next time, remember, life is full of choices. Choose happy, choose healthy.